You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. So we are coming up on the end of June. Can you believe it? We're already halfway through the 2018 year. I'll tell you, it just feels a bit like a whirlwind. To be completely honest, this year we have seen at Pride Ministries the continual growth of the Fireplace Church. We are uh, continuing to make classes and breakout groups available throughout the week, uh, working towards creating a platform where leaders can be equipped and released. We have launched the Bride Ministries Institute. We now have four classes and about to add the fifth class for Bride Ministries Institute sometime this week, which will be a uh, course on how to use all of the deliverance and ministry prayers in the back of the book prayers that shake heaven and earth, something that a lot of you have been wanting and waiting for. And it's it's finally arriving. And we have uh, launched other initiatives through Bride Ministries uh, found on our website, um, including a prayer resource in our footer where you can make prayer requests. And I am just so grateful for what God has opened up for us this year. We're only halfway done. We are still going to be making a lot of things happen before the end of this year. And so I want to also just take a moment and say thank you to all of you that listen to this podcast that have taken the time to leave a review for Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. I have a goal. 100 reviews. Why? Because the more the book gets reviewed, the more it is going to be put in a position to be found by others. And we believe that this book contains keys that will unlock many situations and circumstances for people, not only in this country, but all around the planet. We are already having conversations about how to get that book translated into different languages. And I just really believe that God has, you know, a hand of blessing and and we want people to find the book. And so we get testimonies all the time from you guys writing in, leaving messages on my Facebook wall, uh, going different places on our website. And, you know, if there's any place that you really want to leave something for someone to find, let it be in a public forum or venue where the book is being sold. I uh, do want to make another announcement. We will be having a special guest next week, Hope, and she has released her book. It's called To Tell the Truth, and we'll be talking about that next week. But you can already find that book available for purchase at BrideMovement.com in our store. And so with all of that said, this week we're going to be having an incredible conversation with Dr. Duncan. This will be the fourth uh, program that we've done together and, and man is it going to be jam-packed with goodies for you other than that i just want to say thank you thank you thank you for all of you that continue to support us financially and push us forward into everything the lord has for us there are so many things that are on the horizon and i am uh, just just floored by the generosity that we continue to see and i'll tell you you know as we continue to build um, the projects are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more influential. 
and we're saving up for stuff. We're actually saving up for stuff that's big, and we don't even know necessarily what we are saving up for. Some of the things on the table, as I've discussed, has been housing for survivors, a facility eventually, investment in key court cases and suits that could bring down satanic and pedophile rings and trafficking and, you know, uh, underwriting lawyer fees as a nonprofit organization uh, advocating for survivors and people that have been victimized by evil but cannot afford the price of their own justice. You know, we we have all these ideas on the table. We're just waiting for God um, and also collecting and saving towards the ability to do these things and and to be a difference maker. And so, folks, um, in addition to everything that we are doing on the ministry side, there is all these big things we want to do in the future, and you are making it possible. If you want to support us, just go to bridemovement.com. We have a donate page, and we also have a P.O. Box at P.O. Box 835-661, Richardson, Texas, 75083. I'm not going to take any more time to talk your ear off, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall, and we'll be right back. Folks, I am sitting down today with my good buddy, Dr. Stephen Duncan, who's been on the podcast a number of times. Most of you know him. Why? Because he's super smart and so much fun. You know, we recently had Dr. Duncan at our Bride Tribe retreat, and he came in and just ruined uh, a number of our diets by making them better with information and truth. And while it hurt, uh, most of us forgave him and thanked Jesus. I... (laughs) I, I <laughs> uh, Dr. Most Stephen, <laughs> Dr. Stephen Duncan is the founder of House of Gilead Renewal Centers here in Plano, Texas. He practices naturopathic medicine. He is a doctor of chiropathy, a PhD in sacred philosophy, and a doctor of pastoral science from the Pastoral Medical Association. On top of that, he is an ordained minister and has been practicing for over 20 years and works with clients that have been through the medical system with little to no results. Um, he has come on this program and blessed a number of you who have visited him, regardless of whether you live in Dallas or flew in. And and I'll tell you, it, it's worth every dime. His website is www.houseofgilead.com. Dr. Duncan, welcome back to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Hey, man, it's great to be here. I had a great time at the conference, met a lot of really wonderful people, and uh, just had a ball. So I'm, 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 I'm happy to be back. Well, and I'm happy to have you back. And uh, we have so much that we're going to be able to get into today because, I mean, there's just so much to talk about with you. And, and you've studied and looked into so many different things. And one of them happens to be organs and how they are related to physiological or or, or spiritual issues. And um, I I found this a fascinating concept that you mentioned in passing. Now, I've heard others make mention of this as well in my studies and things that I've read and explored, and uh, I know it to be true. But I want to hear you talk about it and educate our audience on the connection between organ issues and their spiritual counterparts and 
I, I'm just excited to jump right in. Okay, well, um, so, you know, at the House of Gilead, we're, we are mind, body, soul. That's what we uh, address as far as people coming in the door that are challenged um, with their physical health. Oftentimes they don't realize that they're also challenged with their spiritual health um, and have unresolved issues uh, in the soul that are um, creating um, dis-ease in their body or an imbalance in their body. Um, and my first training uh, with this was actually before I was even walking with the Lord, but I had, I had um, two ladies and a man. Now, all who came to me simultaneously with um, advanced liver cancer diagnoses. They had been through conventional uh, medicine and had not had any results. And they all three were basically um, on death's door, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. I had in my in my original research with ozone therapy, I had um, come across a study that took place in Germany with 50,000 uh, patients with a, uh, a medical doctor who was um, running a holistic ministry. And um, of course, he wasn't doing spiritual counseling, but he was doing emotional counseling, kind of, you know, content process type work in a group setting and, um, and had, had uh, in fact, he lost his medical license behind his research. Uh, he had proven that there was a correlation between emotions and disease and the medical system just, you know, they ostracized him and took his took his right to practice away from him. But um, so I had just kind of a little a little snippet of information um, about that. So I get these three folks in, and um, all of them were non-ambulatory. They were carried in or wheeled in or uh, propped up and brought in because they were they were in such dire straits. And um, and I began. Uh, working with them, um, and of course this was this was in the elementary phases of my practice. So there, a lot of the things that I do today, I wasn't doing then, and I certainly wasn't walking with the Lord then. Um, and I didn't realize, of course, that He was walking with me. Um, <clears throat> however, um, within about three months or so, each one of them had um, made you know a ma miraculous recovery. Um, they were. Um, they went from being brought to me to actually driving themselves and they're, you know, they were all extremely jaundiced and, and the color had cleared up and the edemas were gone and they were coming back to life, you know, just right before my eyes. And I was seeing the fruit of, of what holistic um, health could do, holistic medicine could do in these situations. So it got down to um, each one of them. I basically asked, um, you know, who are you mad at? Who are you angry with? Who can you not forgive? The liver, um, the the emotions that are attached to the liver are resentment, anger, unforgiveness, judgment. Those are all um, member uh, emotions that are that are attached to that, or spiritual dilemmas, if you will, that are attached to that particular organ. And um, <clears throat> and each one of those situations. Um, well, the man was this big truck driver. He was like six six. He's a big old boy. He was a, you know, truck driver. He drove eighteen wheeler, and he had this little bitty wife. She was about, you know, maybe five feet tall, and um, they were an interesting couple. But she 
basically ruled the house. So he had no power and authority in, in his house. His priesthood had been taken away from him, and um, his, uh, his husbandship or husband authority had been taken away from him by her, and she controlled everything. When I asked him who he was angry at, he just he broke out and started crying, and he started talking about his wife. And, and um, so I can't remember if I got them set up for a marriage encounter weekend or if they had, you know, decided to do that or, or, or whatever because it, it was a long time ago. But at any rate, this was going to be the saving grace for their marriage and uh, <clears throat> and also for his cancer. Mm. Long and short of it is the weekend didn't turn out the way um, he had hoped. And uh, he was due back in, I think, on a Tuesday, and he didn't show up. And then Wednesday, he didn't show up. And Thursday, um, he came in with his head hung down, and he didn't say anything. He was a pretty jovial guy, and he walked straight to the back of the sauna room and and uh, prepared to get in the sauna. Well, as soon as I saw that, I knew that things hadn't happened, you know, according to Hoyle, so to speak. And I went back there, and I asked him how he was doing, and he, he didn't have a lot to say, and he was looking at the floor, wasn't making eye contact. And, and so basically I said to the guy, um, you know, um, you look defeated. And I said, I understand that um, your way out of this situation is with this cancer. And he just started crying. And, um, and I said, I, I, I respect your decision, um, but knowing that I can't continue to work with you because I'm not, I, I, don't want, I can't take your money knowing full well that you're not vested in living, you're vested in dying. Mm-hmm. And within 10 days of that conversation, the man was gone. Wow. And he, he went from thriving and striving. I mean, when he came in, he was on death's door. Within about three months, he was, you know, he was on top of the world. But we had to get down to what the core issue was. Um, and it was this unresolved emotional conflict that he could not get resolved. And once that was brought to the surface, it only took 10 days for him to regress and, and, and leave this world. The two ladies, um, there was a, a, a mom, probably in her late 40s, she was very religious, um, was raised in a religious doctrine uh and, um, you know, they didn't – there was a lot of things that they couldn't do based on their religion. And um, her daughter uh, was very free-spirited. She was a believer. She was sold out for Jesus. She was actually Holy Ghost. The mom wasn't. Um, and so she lived and embraced life to the fullest. And she, you know, she, she, she did mountain climbing and she hunting – I mean uh, hiking and camping. And she, you know, did skydiving and stuff like that. And the mother was just furious about it. Um, her her resentment towards her daughter, I think, was more about what she had been robbed of in her life, and that her her daughter was um, living a joy filled life with Jesus that was undoctrinated, you know, and mm. didn't have all these rules in it. I mean, she wasn't a loosey goosey girl by any. I mean, she was a pure woman of God, uh, but she embraced life. She enjoyed this earth that she was on. And the mother couldn't forgive her for it. And um, she was one of the ones that was literally carried into me because she was in such bad shape. She couldn't walk and all this stuff. And she had been 
uh, you know, almost completely restored until we had the conversation about her unforgiveness. And she just lashed out at her daughter and said, you know, I can't forgive her. She's just this, she's that, and she, all this stuff. And I'm and, and again, it wasn't like two weeks later. She 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 was gone. And then the the next lady was, a, was an older lady. She was up in her oh I guess seventies. And um, her husband had died six months earlier, and um, so she <clears throat> he was the only man that she had ever known uh, biblically and. You know, the Bible says, and he came to know her. Um, and so she was the only man, uh, he was the only man that she had ever known. Been, they had been married for over 40 years, almost 50 years. Um, he had died about six months earlier, and she developed liver cancer. Um, so <clears throat> they brought her to me, and she came alive. I mean, just like the other two, we went through about three months of treatment, and I mean, she was just on top of the world, and everything was going great, and she was laughing and everything. And one day, we were sitting there talking in the office, and it was like a light went on. And she remembered why she got sick. Mm -hmm. And five days later, I got a phone call from the family. They lived in Irving, and she was in bed, had gone back to complete jaundiceness and lifelessness, and they said she was talking out of her head and they didn't know what to do. And they asked me if I would come out. So I went out there to their home and uh, went back in the room where she was and just sat for a little while and listened. She was negotiating her departure from the earth. Um, there were, I felt presence, a pres presence in the room. Um, and I and I, I believe that there were angels and maybe members of her family, and she was negotiating her departure. But she kept saying, um, "They won't let me leave. They won't let me leave." So I went back out with the family. They were all there, and I said, um, "She's ready to go." And uh, but but you guys are holding her back. And I said, "You need to go back and and make peace with her and and release her so that she can." transition she's ready to go um well they they were just appalled at that conversation that i had with them so i left well that was on a friday night on sunday i get a phone call from the family they had admitted her admitted her to the hospital and she was on life support and so i said why are you doing this to her i mean she's done she doesn't want to be here she wants to go home she wants to be you know with her husband uh you know, I mean, she's she's done with all this, and I said, you guys are just torturing her. Why why are you doing this? And now you got her on life support, and and I said, this is really really difficult for her. I said, can you not have some compassion? Turn that machine off. Go go unplug it and let her go. So anyway, they that went on for about two days, and finally the family gave in, and they ordered um, that. You know, they demanded that the life support be turned off. And about six hours later, they were all in her room, and she was just, you know, kind of comatose, sitting in quiet, <clears throat> laying there. They said she rose up, sat up in bed, looked up to the ceiling, and said, I'm coming, Daddy, and mm -hmm. laid down, and she was gone. Um, so that was the foundation for me. Now, you know, move forward and, um, 
I went through my encounter with the Holy Spirit and and began to um, get downloads and see things, uh, you know, prophetically. I was already doing that. I just it just wasn't holy, um, and began to to understand based on people's stories and the illness that they were having that there was a correlation to. Um, the organ that was sick and the spiritual sickness and emotional sickness in their body. And I'm not the groundbreaker. I'm not the guy that's discovered all this. There's a lot of information out there. I mean, you just got to go out there and look at it. And, and you know, you have to kind of filter some of it. And a lot of it is comes from, you know, a, what I would call an unholy camp. But it doesn't mean that there's not any fruit there. Um, and um, so, um, so. I began to see, um, and especially with a big part of our of our the ministry of the House of Gilead is inner healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, you know, three different um, avenues or venues that we use for people to go through inner healing. Some need deliverance. Uh, it, it depends on the circumstances, um, but we plug them into and make that part of the treatment. Because in most cases, um, it is part of the treatment. I mean, if, if when when spiritual uh, or emotional issues are not resolved, if there's open doors in the bloodline, um, if or, or sin that hasn't been reconciled in your own life, um, emotional conflicts, um, and really, when I, I even hate to say emotional, because I think it really all comes down to the spirit of, you know, the spiritual, the spirit and soul battling it out. Um, but when those things are not resolved or haven't been repented for and dealt with, either by your own, uh, an individual's own actions, or by doors that have been left open in the bloodline, then the enemy has rights. You know, then the, and I've say this a lot in Revelation. The, the accuser stands uh, in the court of petitions for your soul day and night. God doesn't keep a list, but the, but the enemy does. And he will stand in the heavenly court and say, you know, with his petition, well, these are the sins that were created in this bloodline, therefore I can come against them. And a lot of times it's out of some form of rebellion, and in rebellion are spirits of infirmity and spirits of death. So they have to they have to be dealt with. So I'm going to kind of – because this can get really detailed and really long, and I, we could mm-hmm. probably do five shows just on spiritual and organs. But I'm just going to kind of give you the you know, the, the spiritual organ relationship for dummies, uh, kind of just to kind of skim the surface. But We'll take it. When you look at lungs, when you, when you look at lungs, lungs are about breath of life and about you know, bringing in life because you're breathing it in. And, and even in Genesis – you know, God breathed life into man. He filled Adam up after he had created him. He was flesh and bone. He had no life in him, and he blew it in. It was he blew a wind or the wind of life or the breath of life into Adam, and he and he resurrected. Um, and the Bible also talks about the Holy Spirit being like a wind, like you know, uh, like a wind blowing in. Um, and so <clears throat> the lungs represent that. So issues with the lungs: asthma, bronchitis. Um, pneumonia, um, cancer, uh, those kind of things um, are about consumption, being consumed by grief, um, being, you know, loss, um, unresolved. Um, forgiveness is also something that comes out of the lungs, but, 
but mostly it's being consumed by grief. Um, and, um, and so that takes the life source out of you. Um, and that's, uh, that's what the lungs relate to is that being consumed by. And it's just this overbearing and, uh, you know, grief of, or in loss uh, and unfulfillment that has taken place in a person's life. I had a man a couple of years ago who had lung cancer. And, um, of course, he, he worked in the roofing business and there was asbestos exposure and stuff like that. And those are, and he lived in a house that was full of mold. And those things were the physicality aspect of his disease. But the, but the greater story, the root cause, was his relationship with his daughter who was in prison. And um, he was a minister. And, uh, and he, you know, was consumed by this grief that he had, done everything that he could possibly do to pour into his daughter and, 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 you know, lead her to the Lord and, and live a life of, of, uh, of, uh, uh, righteousness and, and be an example of that. And, um, and he, he, he had a feeling of great failure and he was consumed by guilt about that. And he, he just wouldn't deal with it. I tried to plug him into, um, to, um, one of the teams that we use for, uh, for inner healing and deliverance, and he just, you know, well, I can pray this myself, and uh, I have a relationship with the Lord, you know, and it was I, 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 sure. and finally, I had to, I had to sit him down and say, you know what, this is, this is not going to work. This, this is, your end is your transition, um, and because of your pride and your rebellion to follow the program that the Lord has laid out for you through me. Uh, I'm going to need to release you. You need to move on. I can't. I can't. I'm not going to work with you because I'm not going to. I'm not going to join in your rebellion with you. Um, and that was, uh, you know, it took about maybe three weeks or four weeks or something like that. He finally, he finally passed. Um, and and that's the thing that I, you know, that I want to state is one of the things that I, that I had to learn was that when people are resistant to doing what God has given me to give to them to get them to the state of glory that he wants for them or to open their scroll up so that they can fulfill it uh, on a greater level or walk in a new place and bring glory to the Lord. When they're, when, when, when people are resistant to that, I no longer work with them because now I'm joining their pride and their rebellion. And that has a backlash and an effect on me. And it's not my pride going there because I, you know, I, 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 as humbly and as compassionately as I possibly can, I make every resource available to them. But there comes a point when, um, when, when, when pride rises its head, um, you know, that I have to stand quietly and let the the Lord do what, you know, what He does. Not that, you know, that I have any effect on that one way or the other. But, you know, I just I'm not going to join in that rebellion. Um, well, it's, so, um, the, so the it, tank, oh yeah. I was just going to say. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say. I mean, and and this is, this is anyone. It's just very difficult to help people that don't want to be helped beyond a certain Absolutely. point. And um, I mean, I run into that. Other coaches at Bride Ministries all run into that. Um, other ministers that I know run into that. Uh, I, 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 and I, it's just unfortunate that some people think you know. Just because you have a message or you have a platform or you're doing something really cool, you're a Superman and somehow God can do things through you that, uh, you know, would require your ability to 
overrule someone else's desire not to receive. And, 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 and frankly, none of us can really do that, you know, and, and I run into that right. and I have to explain that to people. They're like, you know, I have a, a cousin or a mother. Can, can you just, you know, get on the phone and pray with me and, and break all of their mind control issues and all of the, it's like, well, not really. I, I, because they'd have to kind of engage and want it. They'd want to, you know, you can intercede for somebody, but yeah, there are rules of engagement. Anyway, pancreas, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that's absolutely right. It, it, there is free will. And that's what people don't understand, just to kind of finish what you're saying. Free will is free will. God, the Lord God who created all things, created free will in this universe. You can choose me or not choose me, not me, the person, but God. Mm. And And there's consequences that come along with that. And Jesus said that a house divided will not stand. And that's the hardest thing to get Christians to, or believers or followers of Jesus to understand that you're standing in two camps. Half the time you're you're worshiping the Satan, and the other half of the time you're worshiping Jesus, and you can't do that. It ain't going to work out, okay? Jesus said a house divided will not stand. So your house, your body, is going to come down if, and none of us are perfect, okay, including myself. You know, none of us are perfect. We all have our stuff. If we didn't, there's no need for Jesus. However, that doesn't give us the right to be beyond non-compliant when messages from the Lord come forth one, two, three, four mm. different times, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't take action on them. Okay, mm-hmm. so so yes, um, it's not. It, it is a decision. I think departing is a decision, and I think staying is a decision. And I can say without reservation that there have been many who were sent home to die that came to me and my first question to them was are you committed to living or committed to dying i'm committed to living okay then these are the things that you're going to need to do in order for that to happen and the one most of the ones that did that saw longer life or are still here today um not all of them um but most of them so anyway so the yes the pancreas is about the pancreas is about losing the sweetness for life. The pancreas is the sweet organ. It deals with the sugar metabolism. Um, it is an energy source of the body because it converts the sugars into insulin, which goes to um, to the adrenals and goes to the cells, uh, into the mitochondria, and it gives, it gives the body energy and it allows the organs and the systems to function. It's their gas. But more importantly, it's about... Um, the sweetness for life. So any kind of issues, pancreatic cancer, diabetes, uh, pancreatitis, um, any of those types of issues with the pancreas um, is about losing the sweetness for life. It's like, why am I here? I have no reason to live. There's no joy. Um, Always sad, always depressed, um, downtrodden, weary. They've lost the sweetness for life. They've lost the joy of the Lord. And that's what that's what resonates in the pancreas. So obviously, if those things aren't resolved, that pancreas is not going to function. Um, I mean, it's just not going to do it. There is a all feelings are uh, have a frequency. We've talked about this many times on your show, Dan. And so everything is vibratory. Um, I mean, there's so much scripture to support that, and a lot of a lot of churches will just think that's some form of hypocrisy. But Jesus once said that. If my people didn't cheer for me, the rocks would. 
Uh, that was that's Tom right that 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. so 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 if 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 jesus the son of god the the, the co-creator of all things says well if the man ain't going to cheer then my rocks will cheer um i think you need to pay attention <laughs> that's right. so that you know every, everything is vibratory even what we think has no life has a vibration and a signature and it has life of its own at some level um and so so emotions you know uh uh, the scripture says that that uh, life and death is uh, spoken from the tongue. Uh, Jesus says, "As a man speaketh from the heart, so he is." Uh, you reap what you sow. A lot of people always want to tie money in to reap what you sow, but that's not so. If you're speaking negatively all the time, what do you think you're going to get in return? You're going to get negative feedback. It's going to happen to you. If you walk around saying, "My life is a disaster. I just can't do this. I can't do that." Um, this is just killing me. Do you think you're going to have a long, healthy life? No, you're not, because you are commanding and speaking. The Bible says call things are not as if they are. So if you call death into your life before your time, you're going to get death before your time, bottom line. Okay? So there is the, 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 the life and death is, is through the spoken word. It's through the tongue. Um, so when, when we don't resolve these things, and a lot of some people don't know uh, – mm-hmm. Some people don't have a clue. Some people do, and they just stuff and won't are, are unwilling to deal with it. I mean, there's a kaleidoscope of reasons why uh, these things go on. But um, <clears throat> so so, uh, let's go to um, to the thyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, the thyroid um, is in the throat. So issues with the thyroid are often about speaking your truth, um, and and that. You know, there's that is a huge metaphor. So it's you know losing your voice, having your voice cut off, uh, being stifled, not being allowed to speak, being afraid to speak your truth, uh, stuffing your emotions, um, not speaking truth when you see it. You know, iron sharpens iron, so the the word says, which means that if we see a brother doing something and we know that um, that it is you know a sinful nature. Um, it's not it's not for us to come to him in a prideful nature. That's not what the word says. But it does say to come to him and and correct in, in a corrective nature. And when we don't do that, you're not speaking your truth. Um, so it can be it can be something that is imposed upon an individual uh, based on circumstance, or it can be self-imposed. But either way. Um, um, when there are issues in the throat at all, throat cancer, thyroid, anything mm-hmm. around that, glands, the the, uh, the lymph glands, those kind of things, it's all about communication. It's about speaking truth. Um, oftentimes with a prophetic voice, um, either uh, one who prophesies or has the anointing of prophecy or who is a prophetic singer or has an anointing for singing, um, and it changes the atmosphere and brings in great revelation. When that happens, uh, the enemy will attack you there uh, because his goal is to prevent truth from coming forth in the universe, in the earth, um, because he's a liar. Jesus said he was a liar from the beginning. So he doesn't want you to speak your truth. He doesn't want the truth of the Lord to be spoken anywhere, anyway, anyhow. And so, so um, when when that happens, um, then we have to look at, you know, what doors are open that the enemy has rights that he can come against that voice. Uh, and I see that a lot. I mean, well, I can't tell you how much thyroid stuff I see. And you know, and a lot of these. Uh, 
Well, I just want to no, say real quick, the, the, a, a phrase comes to mind as you're talking about this, and it's the belief system. Children should be seen and not heard. And not heard. Exactly. And I've met exactly. so many people that are, if I you know, get deep enough with them and their emotional healing, mm-hmm. we run into that, that yeah. children should be seen and not heard. And for that reason, they have pain and trauma and issues. Um, it, and I, I, I could just see that there's probably a huge connection, even though I'm not investigating their thyroid, I'm sure that that belief system has produced plenty of pain around the nation. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, and 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 let's expand on it. It's it's a curse. Mm. But people don't. I mean, the the power of life and death comes through the spoken tongue, through the tongue. It is a curse when these type of conditions are imposed upon people. Jesus says, "Woe unto you who harms one hair of these little ones. Woe unto you. You better back up." <laughs> you better take a look at, you know, how are you pouring into these these innocent babies, these children? Because woe unto you, according to the Lord God, if you harm one hair on them, okay? And we, we have this society of imposition imposing unrealistic value systems, untruths, and especially now, especially now especially about marriage and what is holy and what is not holy, you know, uh, and what is acceptable, you know, uh, according to the biblical principles is, is an abomination unto the Lord has become an acceptable practice to men. Just look at abortion. A woman has rights. Really? Really? She has rights to kill? That's okay. I don't show me that in the Bible. Okay, so anyway, that's a whole other soapbox. But, it is a whole other. So that's what the thyroid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a. So that's what the thyroid is about. And then um, we look at uh, skin, skin and or blood, and or the lymph system. These are circulating systems or covering systems uh, in the physical body. So. Issues with those, and each one is going to take you deeper into different aspects, but I'm going to kind of generalize again just for the sake of time. Um, it's really about self-rejection. So so eczema, psoriasis, you know, uh, extreme acne, those kind of things, um, skin cancers, um, they're all about self-rejection. That's your covering, and you're rejecting that. Uh, the lymphatic system is Jesus said, "Drink from my water, my you know, drink from my cup." I'm living waters. So the living water in your body is the lymphatic system. Um, and I mean, I we don't see anybody in our practice that doesn't have a stagnated uh, lymphatic system. I mean, everyone does. Not one person comes in. Oh my! So there's there is there's no flow. Okay, the flow is blocked, and there's reasons for that. So. Um, so, and also the lymphatic system can it can it can correlate to the lungs as well about drowning in sorrow. If you're retaining fluid and edema and your body is swelling because you can't discharge the fluid, um, that is in fact about drowning in sorrow. It's a it's a it's a correlation to the lungs. And then the blood, you know, everything everything in 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 the story of creation of man by God has to do with blood. Okay, I mean, we could 
we could tag team preach on this one for two days. But, <laughs> but so, so we know the significance of blood, and when our blood is contaminated and it has created a cancer or some, some kind of – it's become a diseased model in our body, it's because our bloodline is cursed. I mean, that is the most significant aspect of bloodline curses that you can have is the blood. Okay, so when the, when they come in with some form of leukemia or 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 something like that, or some some bloodborne disease or blood cancer or extreme toxicity in the blood, then I know that there's that level of toxicity and condemnation in the bloodline, and we have to get after it. I mean, in all of these scenarios, we have to get after it, but especially in in any kind of blood disease. Um, and and then the breast uh, breast can, has can I just make a make, make yeah. a comment too yeah. just on this subject here, and, and of course yeah. you know I, I I'm working with people that have been part of government projects and different kinds of uh, you know really terrible things and and when we go back into some of the pre-birth memories and and do some of that work, one of the things we find is that at times there will be blood samples being taken from the fetus that's still in the womb because they're looking for specific markers in the blood that will determine what kind of evil or diabolical agendas will work most effectively with that person. They're actually in using markers in the blood to figure some of this stuff out. So anyone that thinks that the wow. blood isn't Hugely, huge. I mean, it it, it 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 goes so much further than we even know to think or press. It, and and the more I learn about the blood and the way the uh, spirit world looks at it, I mean, the more I just you know my brain fries on this stuff. But I just wanted to mention about the markers in the blood and they 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 use those. I mean, I was like, really? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No, well, and and that's a really valid because if you think about. You know, our Father, our Creator, um, everything about restoration and resurrection um, in um, in our our Earth. And when I say Earth, I'm not talking about the, just the one that we walk on, but the one that we live in, has to do with sacrificial blood. I mean, the seasons, the the feasts, all of those revolve around blood. Jesus. <laughs> all about the blood. He poured himself out a cup to us. I mean, you know, and we're cleansed by that and we're healed by that. And so it, the thief is a mimicker um, and, and he knows the story. He was there. Okay. I mean, Jesus said from the beginning, he was a liar. So, mm -hmm. so from the beginning, you know, he was there and it, it made, and obviously he would go after the blood um, as a means to, to destroy, um, you know, destroy Christ that that resides in you so yeah I mean well like I said we could we could we could rock on this for two days but um, so so anyway that's uh, that's those elements so so the breasts are about are about being mothered about mothering um, uh, about um, being called to be a spiritual mother um, um, there's a lot of aspects about about familial uh, love, um, receiving or not receiving, giving, not giving, et cetera, that come down with that. And then, of course, there are two. So the right breast represents male, the 
the male issues with that and the left breast represents um, female because the left side of the body represents the female and the right side of the body represents the male. So, so with the organs, depending on their location, there oftentimes is, is a gender association with that as well. Um, so, um, so there's, um, so that's kind of the, and then, and then I guess the kidneys, um, the kidneys oftentimes has to do with the past, um, because they're on the backside. Um, they have to do with, um, a lack of foundation, um, because they're located, uh, in the, in the, uh, what I call the middle axis of the body or the stabilizing axis of the body, um, because they're in the low back. And so as above, so below. Um, and so th there's um, there's flow uh, issues with the kidneys. There's there's a lot of stories that um, that that come out of the kidneys um, uh, in relation to that. Um, and then uh, when you look at um, the prostate or uh, the gynecological in a female, um, <clears throat> that has to do with oftentimes I will see ministers or evangelists or uh, worship leaders or worshipers or missionaries that will have um, gynecological uh, issues, uh, prostate issues, and that has to do with seed, seed of the ministry. Um, so when pastors c get prostate cancer, um, then, you know, the seed of their ministry is being attacked, um, and uh, of course we have to, you know, we have to look at that. So. And the same thing with ovarian or uterine or anything like that, because that's life source and bringing in life is fruit. That's what the woman brings forth in the world is fruit um, through the gynecological area. Uh, the man does the same thing. He he fertilizes or brings or, or allows the fruit to be made manifest through his seed. Um, and so so spiritually speaking, um, you're looking at um, the seed of, of their individual ministries. And, and they don't have to be you know, designated as um, authorities in the body of Christ, so far as a pastoral or prophetic, um, you know, title, um, it, you know, because God, God calls, there's many members in the body, and we know this, and, and that's what Romans 12 talks about, and they're all significant and all important, And but the main thing that that says is that we're to step, step up to the fullness of what God has called us to do. Some, one may be anointed for this, one may be anointed for that, um, and, you know, it could be intercessory prayer. It could just be being a good church worker. It could be any number of things. And when we don't step in and embrace that, then that is, um, that's the seed of the ministry that God, God has uh, inscripted in us in our school and called us forth in the earth to, to be made manifest. And so that gives the enemy rights to come against that. And, of course, <clears throat> from, from conversations in the past, looking at the dry, dry layer blood, that's where I see um, those markings. I will see, you know, the eyes, um, some of the stuff that we talked about in the in the conference. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go in great detail now because I know we have a short amount of time. But I will see markers, you know, in the in the dry layer blood in different generations where, um, you know, that's where the open doors are, and we have to um, go after that. And fortunately, the people that I have surrounding me that I can refer uh, refer the, the members to um, can get that inner healing and, and get it resolved. So that's kind of the basic um, basic for that. You know, feed, of course, your foundation. So that is... Um, so 
That is so yeah. good and so helpful. And uh, as usual, you know, when, when people hear a, a breakdown like this, there's the capacity to do some self-diagnosis because there are people dealing with thyroid issues listening to this podcast. There are people dealing with skin issues listening to this podcast. And so, I mean, sometimes things like psoriasis and eczema, I mean, they can be really tough to break. You get oh, yeah. your creams and you could do your steroid treatment and you could do this. And it's like, but it's still there. And, right. um, you know, when you add this kind of dimension to it, that might be the key that someone's waiting for. I, I, I love it. And so, I mean, thank you so much for breaking all of this down. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I, 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 I also today wanted to get into something else and, and you brought it up briefly, which is ozone therapy. Now, this is what you just gave us is huge, and but but we got you for a little bit more time, so I, I want to I want to milk this for a little bit more goodness here. Uh, ozone therapy. I only became aware of the miracle of oxygen in in therapy a couple years ago. I, I had no idea, and and maybe some people that are listening to this are familiar with things like a like an oxygen bar. Uh, if you've seen that, but what I found and what I learned just a few years ago is that ozone has incredible effects on the, on the human body that, that can be harnessed. And so, um, when I found out that you did ozone therapy, I was also very excited. That was before I knew who you were. I just was told by our mutual friend that you did that. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So this isn't just, you know, conspiracy world only like there are, people that are working with this. And um, I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about ozone therapy and why you use it, why it works, what the benefits are, and so forth. Okay. Well, that's one of my favorite topics. Um, one thing that I always like to say is that, you know, is that Father God put us in an ozone placenta for a reason. I mean, there's an ozonic atmosphere that surrounds the earth. Um, and it is basically a filter for for the earth. It um, eliminates toxins, oxidizes them, and sends them out into space or neutralizes them. Um, it is life-sustaining in that when I started researching this back in the 90s, um, there were recorded relationships to atmospheric ozone changes mm -hmm. that date back to um, nomadic tribes. Um, and um, so, for instance, the Indians um, would um, always fish after a rainstorm. And the reason for that is because the increase of ozone in the atmosphere would would create a hyper oxygen state in the streams and rivers and lakes and it would increase the activity of the fish and therefore their yield would be much greater um, and you know there was a time when not so much today but 
I guess it depends on where you are, you know, you'd have to be way out of the city and, you know, way out in the country where there's not a lot of industry and automobile pollution stuff in the atmosphere. But I certainly remember as a child, um, after, after a spring rain, the smell in the atmosphere, how, how refreshing everything smelled and, and everything was invigorated and seemed to just pop and come alive. And that's because uh, of the increase in ozone um, in the atmosphere. And, and ozone is a breathable gas. The problem with it today is that there are so, it, there's so many fluorocarbons bonded to ozone because of the emissions that we put out 24-7. And we walk around and breathe that, and so we have um, we have those fluorocarbons actually attached to the villi in our lungs. And so when you breathe ozone directly now, because of the amount of carbon monoxide that we have in our system, um, we get an oxidative response to that, which creates agitation. So coughing, ear, sinuses, that kind of stuff. The, the convention out there calls it a bad ozone day, and they call it an allergic reaction, and don't go out and breathe. But they, that's not true. The truth is that we're in those particular with the red ozone days is that we have put so much toxin into the atmosphere that we're literally pulling the ozone layer down closer to the earth. And so what is called fog, or, uh, or smog rather, um, in the cities, that's actually a lowered uh, ozone uh, blanket that is oxidizing fluorocarbons. And that's why everything looks hazy. And that's why it's, it's difficult to stand to be out in that because you, you, you experience a reaction. And that's because of the amount of carbon monoxide that we that we walk around with in our body on a daily basis because we're breathing this stuff as well. Ozone in its purity and man in his pure state can breathe the ozone gas without any kind of uh, re reaction to it. Mm. Otherwise, God wouldn't have put it in the atmosphere. Um, there are no holes in the ozone layer, okay? The ozone, ozone is generated by... Um, uh, uh, oxygen, uh, oxygen and electricity, so lightning. That's what creates ozone in the atmosphere. It also is, is stimulated by light, by the sun's light. It, it diminishes at night. The atmosphere diminishes at night. It goes away. So any concept that we have holes in the atmosphere is just it's, it's just BS, marketing BS, pardon the expression, but that's all it is. It's, now, over the poles, the north and south pole, there are open uh, rings in the ozone atmosphere because the because of the uh, temperature of the oxygen that's coming off of the ice caps and moving up into the atmosphere. Ozone is generated by heat and electricity, and so that cold will create um, holes, if you will, but, but that's just by design. Um, it's not because of, you know, greenhouse gas or anything like that. It, that that's not it. It's always been there. Um, that's so fascinating first, because that's literally not what I learned in school. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you, you, people people in this country don't realize how much propaganda 
that we that we are governed by. Oh, come there on, There's so much it. untruth. Oh my God! You know, there is so much untruth, and uh, and people just have heard it for so long. It's now a matter of fact. Um, and um, so um, so we live. We basically live a lie. Um, now it's probably global, but certainly. For many, many years, you know, we, we were raised to believe that this is the freest country and free from tyranny and oppression and untruth, and our government was for us, not against us. And, I, and, and you know, obviously today, <laughs> <laughs> right now, turn on, turn on the news, turn on Fox, and you can see that there is a lot of untruth in that, and um, there's a lot of exposure going on right now to how much and how many decades of untruth that we have been governed by so anyway but um so so ozone ozone literally attaches or stimulates immune function in the human body now just think about that Hmm. god created a world to sustain man wow so you can just stop right there so everything that is organic sustains life. That's why holistic health is, which was what governed the day long before Pasteur and the germ theory and Rockefeller and Carnegie came along um, to, to pervert God's earth into a Frankenstein model called pharmaceutical um but so uh, don't get me started there so let's just go i'm back trying to, not to i'm, I'm just gonna earth, let that just yeah. slide right under the yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so god created everything in the, in the garden and in the garden was everything that we needed to to sustain us and fulfill us and everything in the earth was um there to to sustain us and fulfill us and everything in the air was there to sustain us and fulfill us, and that includes ozone. Ozone literally stimulates interleukin-2, interleukin-10, and tumor narcosis factor alpha in the human body. There is a direct relationship to those three aspects of immunity that fight um, degenerative diseases and more, spe- more specifically cancers, but degenerative diseases in general and there's, there is a direct relationship with the interaction of ozone and that in those elements. TNFA is tumor narcosis factor alpha. God put in our body the ability to block the growth of tumors. He knew where we were headed, so he, he wired that into our immune system. And the reason that tumors manifest in our body is because there is so much that turns it off over a period of time that it allows the cancer cells to colonize and become a mass or become a tumor and begin to um, take over our body, drain the life source out of our body. But ozone counteracts that. I'll tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the 80s, there was a company um, that don't, no longer exists in the United States. Um, they were bought by a, uh, a group out of Italy, and they now operate over there under a whole different paradigm. Um but it's when the AIDS virus became prevalent or well-known or had been released or gotten out of the lab and out of control in our society and many people were getting it and dying from it and um, you know they were coming up with uh, AZT and all the cocktails and all that stuff and getting their patents on their drugs so that they could make billions of dollars off of that for the rest of their lives 
um, there was this team of uh, scientists that got together and they injected in the racehoose monkey, and the racehoose monkey is used a lot in, in lab testing because there is a significant correlation to that particular body in the human body, and we did not evolve from apes, so not, that's not what I'm saying, um, but, they're, but they're very similar. Um, and they, these, <clears throat> they did a, a study for a year or two where they injected um, the monkeys with HIV, active HIV, and, and the other half with a placebo. And once the, um, or excuse me, they in injected all the monkeys with HIV, and once they started showing symptoms, um, they treated half of them with ozone, ozonated blood, and the other half with a placebo. All placebo monkeys died within 14 days of AIDS contamination every time they did the research. Every single monkey that was injected with ozone therapy, um, the, the, the AIDS symptom went away, the virus was ripped, they showed no trace of HIV, and they didn't even test for it on any level. Every single one. Every single one. Wow. <laughs> Every Come on. single one. Okay, 100%. Okay. Um, and so when they took their findings to the FDA, um, the FDA basically demanded more and more trials and even wanted human trials. They wanted human trials. <clears throat> they wanted people to get infected with AIDS and do a double-blind placebo study doing ozone and whatever else knowing full well that the, that the ones that got the placebo were set to death um, and then see what happened with the ones that got, you know, got the ozone. Um, and, and so every time, uh, well, number one, these guys weren't going to do that. They weren't going to play with people's lives like that. <clears throat> but every time they would take their findings um, to the FDA for review, they would up the ante and it would cost you know more and more millions of dollars to, um, and really what it came down to mm -hmm. was this little company um, that, well I won't say the name, this little company that um, owns the patent for AZT, you can research it and find out. At that time back in the 80s, they got $50,000 a year per uh, diagnosed AIDS uh, patient because they were gonna go on the AZT cocktail. So they were guaranteed $50,000 per diagnosis. They had the only patent. So do you think, because they're sitting on the boards of the FDA and the AMA, that they're going to let ozone that costs next to nothing to manufacture and use um, that can cure cancer, uh, HIV, do you think they're going to let that go through? There's no, no what are they way. Gonna do? They're going to bankrupt. They're going to bankrupt a company to keep them from coming into the mainstream, and that's exactly what they did. They bankrupt them. At the very least, <clears throat> if um, the medical system would use ozone to treat all donated blood, um, there would not be any transfusion-related diseases that came out of donated blood because it, the ozone would clear it all out, Come but they on. don't do that. So I can tell you without reservation that 100% of every person that I've ever seen that's ever had a transfusion um, – when I test them, they test for hepatitis B, mm. every single case. I have one lady right now who uh, her husband um, has bone marrow cancer, and he has had bone marrow replacements and five or six transfusions 
and the list of viruses that she tests for that she never had before this started is off the chain. And it all came from the bone marrow and the transfusion. I'll give you another example. I have a new, uh, a new uh, patient. His, uh, he had a, he's in his 40s. He dropped dead, came down the stairs, dropped dead in his living room. His wife started doing CPR, got 911. They, re, they you know, revitalized him. Um, he had uh, heart uh, valve issues, and they put uh, porcine or pig hearts, heart valves, replacement. This guy had three forms of salmonella I've never even seen before in a human being hmm. and showed up all over his body. <sighs> and the only thing that was, you know, out of out of ordinary uh, that he had done was he got the pig valves put in his heart. And, of course, the medical people assured them that they were clean and all this kind of stuff. And this guy's been really sick, and so you know, he's got these major loads of salmonella that I've never even heard of or seen before circulating in the system, and it came directly from the pig's heart. So anyway, that's off track. Uh, so ozone, ozone is, you know, ozone is oxygen supercharged. It's a trinomic molecule, meaning that oxygen is O2, ozone is O3. Mm -hmm. um, so oxygen bars are about breathing oxygen. Most of those have been shut down. The FDA shut most of them down um, that I know of. Um, <clears throat> there were a bunch of them in Dallas at one time, and they all got closed. They got raided by the FDA. Mm. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> but anyway, um, but but ozone is turbocharged oxygen, so it scavenges, <clears throat> excuse me, in the body. It it eliminates free radicals. It goes after um, elements in the body that are anaerobic, meaning that they uh, they thrive in a system that is devoid of oxygen or low in oxygen. Cancer certainly is one of those illnesses that thrives in a body that is oxygen deficient and high in acidity. Um, so ozone will attack cells that have gone anaerobic or it'll attack cancer cells, it'll rip viruses, it'll destroy yeast, all kinds of stuff that thrive in a system that's oxygen deficient. And when you're eating an unclean diet, you know, fast food, microwave, um, all that kind of stuff, um, your system is more uh, anaerobic than it is aerobic. And so, therefore, it, it becomes a, a bed of a waste bed for these things to thrive, especially with the lymphatic system that's not moving, mm. et cetera. So, uh, ozone does a tremendous amount of things um, to restore the body, and it, it is not at, at great cost. Um, you know, to it's very economical and affordable to to do that um, to restore the body, and it's it's one of the mainstreams that I use um, in the practice because um, because of the nature of it um, in general. I mean, I can have a really bad well, not a bad week, just a a week where you know I'm pretty drained, and I go get in the sauna and do a 20 minute ozo session on a Saturday morning or since or or a Sunday afternoon or whatever and man I just come out feeling totally revitalized so um, so it does wonders so it, for energy levels as well yeah it increases energy because it's increasing cellular respiration it's increasing cell oxygen and with that increase of oxygen in the cell you increase the cells production and energy production in the body and as a result of that um, you know it's it gives you more energy that's um, and uh, and it can help knock out the things that are causing 
the imbalance in the body. Um, so, um, and there's different applications of that. And um, so it really depends on um, what the person is dealing with as far as frequency of use and the application and that kind of stuff. And like anything else, if you if you don't know what you're doing, you can you can hurt yourself with it. And I've seen that. Um, there are some contraindications. There are certain okay. medications that you can't um, use when doing ozone therapy because of the power of ozone and what it does to those particular medications. Anything pertaining to the heart, any kind of heart medication or high blood pressure medication or steroids or um, any kind of uh, psychotropic meds, um, you know, you can't. Um, you can't use that in conjunction with ozone because it can turn 100 milligrams into 1,000 milligrams. So <clears throat> that could be deadly. So you, you really need to know and understand that there is, you know, ratios and relationships and durations and volumes of ozone and stuff like that that you have to work with. You can't just, you know, set up shop and start hammering away at it because you're going to wind up hurting somebody. So, But done in the right circumstances um, with the proper training and, and that kind of thing. It's, you know, it's an excellent, excellent medicine cabinet. So. And, and how many people are you aware of that are using ozone therapy? Uh, just in general. Is, I don't is... know. I mean, there's a lot more today than there was, you know, the first medical use of ozone therapy was world war one. Uh, and the Germans used it to treat uh, gangrene and burns in world war one in the battlefield. Mm -hmm. um, the first, Municipal application was in Germany and in and in the United States was Los Angeles. Um, they used it to purify water, um, to treat the water, um, and it's used by a lot of bo water, bottle water companies to clear the microbes and stuff out of um, out of the water. You know, it's part of their filtration process. Um, so, but there's, you know, I mean, uh, Cuba. <laughs> Cuba, interestingly enough, has three hospitals um, that do nothing but ozone therapy. And when Castro was alive, um, he required his cabinet to do cabinet members to do a ozone therapy every week. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, he he lived a long life before things fell apart. And I, I would say that I would attribute that to, um, and he lived a hard life, and I would attribute that to the ozone, you know sustaining him um but they were back in the back in the 70s and 80s you know people would go to cuba to uh to treat cancer um they go today they go to mexico because all the mexico clinics over there that's their primary um application for resolution of cancer is intravenous ozone or various modalities of ozone um and then there's people around the u.s um you know, medical doctors and or uh, alternative doctors and or holistic doctors that use various applications of it. It's not, well, you know, we don't, don't publicize it because, um, because of the ramifications from the, from the medical board. Um, but, and there was a time, uh, actually <laughs> an interesting story, you know, mm -hmm. Kellogg's cornflakes was developed by Dr. Kellogg in Battle Creek, Michigan, back in the, the early 1900s. That was the first, uh, his clinics were the first um, medical applications of ozone therapy in, in, that recorded in the United States. And he actually was doing ozone saunas 
that's the origin of the uh, sauna or oxygen saunas that they're called or ozone saunas. Um, and then, of course, he also did uh, autohemotherapy. Um, and so that's where that came from. So um, fascinating. <clears throat> so, now, I just yeah. have one more question for you. And this is a curveball. But you mentioned cancer. Dr. Duncan, we hear a lot about the cure for cancer, this elusive, this uh, unreachable, unattainable uh, feat of research that is yet to be achieved by some brilliant scientist somewhere that's doing medical research. Okay, how many times has cancer been cured? <laughs> many. Many, 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 many. The problem with the problem is what people fail to recognize or understand it is it comes down to patentability. The medical system is a patent based system. So if they can't patent a therapy where, you know, they can control the industry and make millions and millions of dollars off of it, then it's not considered legitimate or viable. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, if just just put all the fodder and all the conspiracy and all the chatter and all the other stuff aside, and it really comes down to is this product patentable or not? Well, ozone certainly isn't because it's created by God. You can't create a patent for ozone, okay? You can patent technology, but you can't actually patent the, the cure, if you will, the remedy. One of the reasons why it's you know not utilized in mainstream medicine the same thing with the, the rife therapy. Um, there's hundreds of rife machines out there, and it doesn't mean that they're all good, but it does, also doesn't mean that they're all bad. I have a particular unit that I prefer. But Dr. Rife, uh, in 1932, did research with, <laughs> with medical oncologists from around the United States, and he treated 1,000 humans, and there was some animals in there as well, um, and cured 996 out of 1,000 of cancer using Rife therapy. And do you see that anywhere in any doctor's office or hospital? No, you don't. Why? Because it's not a patentable um, service. It's not a device that can be controlled under medical regulation um, to say that we own the right to this because we developed it and therefore, you know, we can charge you $5,000 for, you know, a treatment or whatever. Um, so, um, but what is so, patentable is chemotherapy, right? Yeah, yeah, chemo, radiation, you know, whatever else they're coming up with today, all of those things they can patent them and charge an astronomical amount of money. I, you know, I always tell people that are considering chemo, I say, Look, why don't you go out on YouTube and look at a couple of years ago, 60 Minutes did this bill on on uh, chemo doctors and, and the chemo drugs being prescribed. And the doctors were charging, you know, this. they were making $9,000 in the front door per dose administered and $9,000 in the back door per dose administered. So what do you think they're going to prescribe? <laughs> A $40 Rife therapy session or, or or ozone session, or they're going to prescribe a therapy that they're going to make at the minimum $18,000 profit on and get to charge an office visit and whatever else they charge on top of that, plus the price of the chemo drug. I mean, let's get real. Let's just get real. And, and, and don't take it from me. 
go go see 60 minutes you know go 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 listen to that democratic uh ideological news show that actually did a legitimate <laughs> <laughs> oh, did i say that out loud oh my gosh. Um, tracking, anyway tracking your they words did a legitimate story on 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 on, on cancer I, I, there's a study you can go out online look at go look at um uh, the the uh, cancer-causing effects of chemo and radiation study that was done at the uh, uh, at um, um, oh what is it the uh, it a college out in California um, I'm drawing a blank darn it um, UCLA UCLA uh, University of California Los Angeles they did a huge study on on the debilitating or cancer-causing effects from Radiation that they use to treat cancer and chemo drugs, and they they found they have an approved study that says chemo and radiation causes cancer. Mm. UCLA Med School is one of the top medical universities in the United States. They're in the top five, and they published a study that says, "Oh, by the way, the cure that we're giving you kills you," <laughs> which I've been saying for decades. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know. Well, I mean, so, thank, so it really comes down to patentability. That's the bottom line. And thank you for breaking that down. You know, and and it, and it, the more I learn, the more frustrated I get. Uh, you know, my wife Christian had told me about the uh, the, the 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 documentary, uh, "Hidden Health Cures of Cancer" or something like that, and she had gotten that from you, or it was like I was watching that, and I was just like. I mean, I, I literally wanted to vomit in my mouth. It just made oh, me yeah. so upset. And it would for oh, yeah. an, anyone else that saw that. And, um, of course, that's that's just one drop in the bucket of all the things you can find about the conversation on cancer and what's what's really going on there. So, um uh, anyway, Dr. Duncan, I, I, I just appreciate you. I love having you on a program. Uh are there any final thoughts that you have before we close for today? Well, I just, you know, I just, I just want to declare health and healing, um, on every listener, um, in, in every member in the bride ministry, any, anybody whose ears are, are graced by this show. Um, and, and I just, I just challenge you to seek the truth. Uh, the word says, you know, the, the truth, the truth you, you know, will set you free. And seek the truth. Don't you know? Don't take uh, don't take everything I say. Uh, you know, as uh, as truth. Get out there and research it. Uh, you will find controversy. Um, you'll find opposing views. Um, but but certainly in the medical system, don't just take a drug because the doctor tells you to. You need to look at the ramifications of long term use, the side effects, um, and what potentially can happen as a result of that drug. And then look at safe alternatives. Make sure that you're going with somebody to somebody that uh, that walks with the Lord. That's really important. There's a lot of quacks in our business. There's a lot of quacks on the other side of the fence. Um, the main thing is is you want to make sure that 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 there's an equal yoke uh, going on with whoever you sit under for your health care. Uh, pray about it. Press in the Lord about it. Seek His seek His guidance. I tell that to a lot of patients because I have a lot of patients that come from all over the, all over the United States and certainly all over the globe. You know, don't come here because somebody said so. 
ask the father where he wants you, if he wants you to be here or not, because, you know, I don't want to be in anybody's rebellion and, and, um, um, and they want to make sure that they're in line with, you know, that which, which the father chooses for them. And the final word is if it ain't holistic, it ain't realistic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, that's the word. That is the word. You, Dr. Duncan can be found at www.houseofgilead.com. That's your one-stop shop, and you can contact them there, and he has assistants that will get on the phone with you that will answer some of your questions. Of course, uh, you can always book a session and come to Texas and shake his hand and meet him. Uh, And they have all kinds of uh, lists of services and various things that you can connect with and engage with so www.houseofgilead.com again dr duncan thanks for taking time out of your very very busy schedule to hang out with me and folks until next time god bless and godspeed You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www.bridemovement.com.